And a warm-hearted good morning. Welcome to yet another edition of Brunpunt, where we tackle contentious issues that affect our Christian world on a daily basis. The topic for discussion this morning, when is it ever right to fight? Well, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, there's been a lot of calls for prayer for the Ukraine and its people. And many Christians are faced with a question, when is it right to fight or should we just pray? Are there times when we must stand up, step out, speak up, fight the good fight of faith? And what does the scripture teaches us when it comes to be ready to defend our family, our faith, our future, and even our country? Frontline Christianity recently posted a whole article on this topic on social media and asked some very interesting questions and stated some very interesting facts that demands an answer. Taking the cue from nature, Frontline Christianity makes the following statements, saying, and I quote, It is noticeable that God has provided His creatures with weapons. Almost every animal has a means of defense for flight or fight, or means of camouflage to defend themselves and their loved ones. God has equipped His creatures with claws, talons, teeth, horns, hoofs, and even tusks. How can it be that the Creator has provided His creation with weapons and with the instinct to protect their lives and their young? But Bible-believing, born-again, spirit-filled Christians whose names are written into the Lamb's Book of Life, believers are expected to instead be pacifist doormats, like salt, says uh, Frontline Christianity that has lost its saltiness, good for nothing, to be thrown outside and trampled underfoot. The article further states that when St. James Church of England in Kenilworth, Cape Town, South Africa, was attacked by APLA terrorists of the Pan-African Congress, remember way back then, 25th of July, 1993, one of the missionaries was in the congregation and returned fire injuring the terrorist who was spraying the congregation with his assault rifle from the doorway. The resistance by a single member of the congregation with a snub-nose .38 revolver caused the terrorist to break off the attack and to flee for his own life. Also, in the recent past in Gauteng, the brother of Joost van der Westhuizen was absolved of all guilt after shooting and killing an armed robber that attacked the church members during a service demanding money. In what context should we view the scriptures where our Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, and I quote, He who has no sword, let him sell his garments and buy one. Luke 22 and verse 36. Stay tuned as Brunpen puts a magnifying glass on this article and asks questions on your behalf. Don't slow go away as we'll be back with our respondents right after this. Well, we are back in the program Brunpunt with our respondents online and I have the honor and privilege of speaking to the Bishop Frank Retief all the way down in Hermanus at the moment. Bishop Frank, a warm-hearted good morning to you and welcome. Just in a nutshell, what you're up to lately, sir, what do you do on a daily basis to keep yourself busy with? Well, good morning, Raynant. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for inviting me onto the program. I'm retired at the moment, officially retired, but very busy. 
and I'm still preaching and teaching and writing books, but enjoying the beautiful, beautiful harmonious, um, which uh, those who have been there will know about. Bishop Frank, thank you so much for joining us this morning. The other respondent, also well-known here on Radio Pulpit, that is Graham Power. Graham, just in a nutshell, your background bio and what you're up to nowadays, sir. Thanks, Feynant. Uh, Bishop Frank, always a joy to uh, to link up with you. You're one of my role models and have uh, uh, really uh, been such a, a leading light in uh, in my and many people's life out there. Uh, yeah, Venant, I um, other than the fact that I've picked up leukemia and I'm now in my final four or five weeks of recovery, so I'm still in uh, uh, self-isolation, but things have gone well, and I had my bone marrow transplant with my sister, who was a 100% match in January, so thankfully it's all settling down. And uh, the on the ministry side, um, unashamedly ethical, global voice of prayer, tribe, which is the youth movement, and then the newest thing that we have formed last year with all the drama in KZN is called Heal Our Land, based on 2 Chronicles 7.14, and so those four ministries along with certain other involvement, and of course, I still also have my uh, involvement with my construction company. So things are ticking on, keeping busy, and even though I can't be in my office nowadays with the uh, AML, the leukemia, I do a lot of... um, calls online and Zoom calls and things like that, but a joy to be with you this morning. Graeme, thank you once again and we uh, thank our Heavenly Father for your life and also that He would do a great and a wondrous thing for the glory of His name in your life. Gentlemen, can I start? You've heard the intro to the program. Lots of Christians listening to this program would argue there's power in prayer and uh, quoting scriptures stating it's the Lord who fight our battles for us. We rather fight our battles on our knees. Keeping in mind, when is it right to fight? Bishop Frank, what would your comments be to fighting our battle on our knees? What would your answer to that argument? Well, that's the obvious and the most, uh, it's the most obvious place for Christians to go to. That is where we go to because we believe that God is on his throne and that he rules the world. So that's the most obvious place for us to go to in the first instance, is to turn to God in prayer. And uh, But it's a futile exercise if we don't believe that God actually hears us. And it's also futile if we don't believe that God is working out his own mysterious purposes in our world. But we are people of prayer. In fact, no one else can pray. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. It's only Christians who can pray. Other people can engage in actions that they call prayer, but it's only those who know the true Father in heaven who can pray to a supernatural force who hears them. So certainly we should be on our knees and we should be praying to God. That's, uh, That's the first course of action. That's the first cause of action, keeping in mind when is it right to fight, to take your stand, to defend whatever you believe in. Graham, what would you say to Christians saying, no, I'd rather fight my battle on my knees. I don't believe to to fight and to get physical is the right thing to do. What would you answer believers this morning? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, it's discerning times. You know, in times of war and global conflict, it's more important than ever for us as Christians to discern the Lord's will in what our response should be uh, and then engage in prayer and action. And I believe it's like two wings of a bird. If we just pray, um, yes, that's cool. 
but I believe the second wing uh, of action, and then we will propel forward. And you know, in, in 1 Chronicles 12:32, it says we we see that the sons of Issachar understood the times they were in, and they knew what Israel should do. It is crucial for us as believers to pray and discern God's will in a given season and know how to position ourselves with regards to issues of national and global scope. And, uh, you know, the other one for me is Ecclesiastes 3 verse 8, which says that there's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And uh, we need to know which of these God is calling us to in every season. And uh, and this comes from intentionally inquiring of the Lord. And, you know, when we think of even 1 Samuel 30 verse 8, where David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them? He answered. So, you know, it's a situation uh, that we need to know that there are times uh, for battle. It's very interesting, the scriptures that you've quoted, uh, Graham, somebody would argue, well, that's Old Testament. We're in a dispensation of grace, New Testament now. Can I ask then, is pacifism in defiance of historic Christian teachings? Uh, and I'm referring here to the 39 articles, the foundational statement of the Church of England that states clearly in Article 37, it is lawful for a Christian man to carry a weapon. Bishop Frank, what would your comment be to that? Well, first of all, I think that um, the matter of war and the matter of violence and evil men, evil people, people of ill will in the world, uh, all of these things that we experience today, whether it's the terrible things happening in the Ukraine or the things happening in our homes and on our streets, godly, gracious common sense is called for. And, and I, I don't think it's a matter of finding biblical verses to carry weapons. Common sense tells you to carry a weapon. You are called upon to look after your families, called upon to look after your, your, uh, your land. And so there is, there is no doubt in my mind that the night that the massacre took place and that uh, the brother who, who shot back probably saved a lot of other people being either killed or hurt or injured in some way and so it's a matter of common sense and a matter of, of being alive and alert to the situation as our brothers mentioned this time of discernment so very very important point that uh, graham that you've made yeah the time to discern and and the trouble with all of us who are christians is we're we quite rightly are always looking for verses to give us a backup to what we're doing but you know i don't think the christian the Christian life always needs that. Of course, we need to be biblical. And of course, we need to be rooted in the scriptures. But we don't always need a chapter and a verse for what we do, as long as we have got the mind of Christ and the spirit of Christ with us. And so you do what is obvious to do. What do you do as a Christian? If you go to a bus stop, you see a woman being beaten up. What do you do as a Christian? Do you stand there as a pacifist and say, well, I'm a pacifist, I... I, I've, I'll just pray for her, or, or do you get involved? So you've got to get involved, and I think Graham is quite right in talking about the two wings of, of the bird. The great Christian theologian Augustine of Hippo taught that a Christian could be a soldier and serve both God and his country honorably. 
Augustine spelled out the Christian criteria for a just war. He says a just cause for war, number one, a just conduct during war, and a just conclusion of war. Keeping in mind what happened in the East Bloc countries at the moment, Russia invading the Ukraine, can we say there's such a thing as a just war, Graham? What would you say? Uh, on two things. The one is you quite rightly mentioned that what I sp- spoke about earlier was Old Testament. Just by the way, in the New Testament, Ephesians 6 reminds us that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And we see that in Ukraine and Russia conflict right now. When gross, when gross injustice is being committed and the destiny of nations are at stake, believers need to step in and take their place. You know, Jesus himself said in Matthew 10 verse 34, do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've come to bring, I've not, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. And yeah. I think um, we, there needs to be a balance. There's a time for peace. There's a time for uh, standing up. And um, And I want to say to you that I... Uh, I think that we as Christians, um, I agree with uh, Bishop Frank, we don't stand by when somebody is being yeah. uh, hurt uh, in our presence. We inter- we intervene to the best of our abilities, and of course, prayer uh, is a, a key foundation. But action that goes along with that is yeah. as important, especially um, when those nearest and dearest to us are under some form of attack. Right. I've got to a point where I limit myself to one hour of watching uh, the Ukraine news on all the different channels. And I yeah. flip between the channels for about an hour at night. So I just said, if you watch this all day, um, you're going to go crazy. And um, it is just so sad to see elderly people, 80, 90 years old, you know, they're so disorientated and so forth. And uh, them being helped and thousands of orphans and husbands and wives and children being separated, etc. It is hectic. Bishop Frank, can I ask you, Frontline Christianity has a very interesting view, and they say the following. They say, the law of God does not say that the homeowner is guilty if he uses a sword, but innocent if he uses a club. The issue is not one of weapons, tools, but the right and the duty to defend oneself, uh, one of self-defense. Would you agree with this or not? So are they saying that you, that you should not carry a sword but a club to defend yourself? In other words, you have defensive weapons but not offensive weapons. Is that what you think they're saying? I think what they mainly say is the right uh, and duty of self-defense, irrespective of what tool you're using or what weapon you're using. And they say we have a right to to self-defense. Keeping in mind, when is it right to fight? What we're talking about this morning. The very fact that we are created in the image of God and that life has been given to us by God means that no one's got the right to take it, which means we have an obligation to defend our lives. Our lives are a gift from God, and no one has a right to take it. And so the defense of our lives and the lives of others is incumbent upon all of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Graham, in what context should we view the scriptures where our Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, and I quote the scripture, Luke twenty-two thirty-six: He who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. In what context do you understand that scripture to fit into? Yeah, I think it's a matter of discernment. Um, you know, I, I looked at that twice or three times, 
and uh, it's it, it it it's very interesting. Now you know you need to almost look at what was the what was the season and what was going on. Um, and you know to me it reminds me of people uh, in Ukraine that are normal individuals doing a job, and all of a sudden there's a war on their doorstep. Um, and they say, well, I'm going to become a volunteer. They get given a firearm in their in their hands. They don't have the military training, and they they're defending, you know, some of the less uh, let's call it the, the less high profile uh, uh, places in their city or in their in their country. Um, so uh, to me, um, it's a situation that uh, uh, you know there's a there's a there's a time for peace, and you know we think of Hebrews 12. When it talks about um, uh, you know to pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, and and in Luke six twenty nine it talks about you know turning the other cheek, but I think in a situation, um, and I think myself and uh, Bishop Frank are on the same wavelength here. When somebody is being attacked, um, we need to stand up and we need to defend, and so in a in a situation like that of sell your cloak. That is, I think, what is happening in Ukraine right now. The people there are saying, family, go next door to the country next door where you're safe. But me, you know, I'm 25 or 30 or 40 years old, whatever age I am, 60 years old, uh, etc. Um, I'm going to fight for my country. And I must say, I've been so impressed by a nation and by a president that has rallied his, his country uh, to this kind of defense against one of the mightiest armies in the world. And so uh, yeah, I would say, Vainant, that I'm impressed with the Ukraine people, and I believe that when the time comes, I look at what happened in our own country last year with what happened in KZN in July. And within days, people had rallied together, had formed prayer initiatives, had got financial uh, support, were bringing in trucks with food to people that were cut off, that had nothing, small spaza shops that were looted and everything taken. And that's the one thing I would say about us as South Africans. When the chips are down, boy, we stand together. We can be as divided as we like in, in normal times and there's a lot of uh, issues regarding, you know, uh, even racism and all kinds of things. Yeah. But when the tough times come, we stand together. And that, I think, like we're seeing in Ukraine, is something that impresses me about us as South Africans. I say, I'm a whitey, but I'm an African, and I'm proud to be a, an African, and I'm proud to be a South African uh, in these times. When is it right to fight? When is it right to flight? We, if you've just tuned in, that's the topic for discussion online, the Bishop Frank Retief and also Graham Power. Bishop Frank, is it fair then to say, listening to the scriptures that Graham has quoted, that there is a case for pacifism, Jesus telling us to turn the other cheek? In, in your understanding, what does the Bible say in general about the right to fight or the right to flight? How do you understand the scriptures? When do we turn the other cheek, and when do we stand up and say enough is enough? Well, well, Graham uh, made a comment right at the beginning of the conversation that we need discernment, and I think that that really is uh, an all-covering uh, uh, comment. Uh, I don't think there's there's one size fits all in in trying to find a solution for this for this problem. For instance, um, the the comment about uh, turning, you know, buying a sword, 
You must remember that our Lord Jesus Christ often spoke figuratively. That was not giving his, his disciples permission to engage in battle. That was just a figurative speech to say, get ready for a hard life. Because our Lord often spoke figuratively. There's a whole list of scriptures I could, I could give you where Jesus spoke figuratively. So we Christians, we who, who, have, who have accepted Christ, we, 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 we seek his discernment to know how to behave. And sometimes we're called to behave in a certain way, sometimes in another way. And that quote from Ecclesiastes that uh, Graham made is also pertinent. There are times when we've got to fight and times when we don't fight. There are times to live and die. There are times to be quiet and times to speak. There are times to fight and times to seek peace. And and I think we need to be careful that we don't put one one cloak over everything because it isn't the same. For instance, the farm killings in our land, which is a source of great concern for many people, do not fall into the same category as as a nuclear warfare. There are different responses that are required. And so we need we need discernment. You know, the man who was the great exponent of of pacifism was John Stott. And you can you can he's, he's written a lot about it in in his book on 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 uh, today's issues, um, the late John Stott. But yeah. but there's no one size fits all. So so if someone is killing somebody in my family, I respond in some way. But if I'm called upon to be to serve on a on a council to decide whether or not we're going to drop a nuclear bomb, I may respond in another way, because because um, they are two entirely different issues, and we've got to retain our integrity as Christians, even in times of violence and war. Yeah, we've got to remain who we are, Christians. Yeah, keep our integrity, as you quite rightly said. Gentlemen, time is caught up with us. So in closing, what would your advice be then to South African Christians living in a country where violence, I mean, we well away with violence and crime at the order of the day. What would your final bit of advice be? What would your scriptural advice be to South African Christians listening to this radio broadcast? Graham, can I start with you? You know, Vaynant, you know that my favorite scripture, and I carry it on an armband on my arm every day, is 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's about ethics and values and corruption, etc., then the promise that God gives you and I, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive your sin, and heal your land. And I believe that's a promise that God gives you and I. You know, corruption must be one of the... Uh, most uh, horrific things facing South Africa at the moment. We think of Zonda and all the other things, and it is leading to so much unemployment, poverty, and all the other stuff that goes with it. So from my point of view, we need to pray, we need to turn from our wicked ways, and we really need to see and call on the Lord. We need a revival in this country like I've not seen in my life, and it's something that I pray for and it's something that I believe that God is going to bring in his perfect timing, and that he will bring about a healing of our land at some point. Amen. Bishop Frank, uh, your final thoughts to our Christian listeners this morning? I think we ought to be Christians in all that we do, and sometimes that Christianity may require us to act in one way, and sometimes in another way, and we have got to, we've got to bear in mind that in everything we do, we've got to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ and what we believe in him, whether it is a positive action or a negative action, 
And we've got to be reminded, as Graham has quoted his scripture, I just remind us of what it says in, the, in Psalm 99, the Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim and let the earth quake. And so there are times when God's judgments go forth into the world. You know, the scripture says that God's judgments are in all the world. And so there are times when God's judgments fall upon the world and all these terrible things take place. But we who are believers in a God who rules and controls his world, we're not panicking. We are heartbroken and we weep and we pray. But we're not panicking because we know that behind everything that happens, there is the great sovereignty of God. And yes. we, rest, we rest in his arms. Underneath us are the everlasting arms. But, but we must be ready for any action and be ready as Christians to do whatever is right and to think discerningly, as Graham has said. With that, gentlemen, thank you so much for your input to this program. When do we have a right to fight or flight? What does the Word of God say with regards to that? And uh, after all, let's start our battle on our knees with a discerning spirit and an ear close to our Lord's heart. Gentlemen, with that, uh, Bishop Frank Retief, thank you so much for your participation in this uh, program and also Graham Power. Graham, thank you for your uh, taking part in this program. God bless you for that. Thank you. Amen. Lovely to be on tonight.